0: Happy Christmas. It's great to see the whole packed out. It's great to see us here to celebrate together. And we're going to be looking at one of the, one of the Christmas stories you'd expect this morning. We've not gone too far off on a tangent. Um, but first, I want to talk about memories. Because I think there are some memories that you treasure up and you store them away in your heart. So can you, can you think of a memory like that, that you've, you've treasured up? something that's happened to you and you've stored it away in your heart now there are some things we store up in our hearts because we have to so is there anyone in the room who knows their two times table yeah oh here we go I'm, i could ask the math teacher um i'll come back to you do you know your two times table two four six eight 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24. Fantastic. Well done. Brilliant. Stored that away in your heart. Okay, that's two. Anyone who knows their seven times table? Ooh. <laughs> seven, 14, 21, 28, 35, 42, 49, 56, 63, 70, 77, 84. Wow. Well done, Ava. Um, and 13 times table No, we won't, we won't, we won't. We won't, we won't. <laughs> wow. So you you didn't used to be able to do that. But you worked hard at it and you repeated it over and over. And maybe you sat around the, the the breakfast table and you practiced before school and you wrote it out and covered it over and checked yourself. And over time, you've stored it up in your heart, haven't you too? The two times table, seven times table. Well, some of you have. Some um, Others of you, it used to be there and it's faded away. Others of you, it was never there in the first place. But some things we store up because we have to. Other things we store because they're really special. So we want to make sure we never forget them. So who's got a memory like that? When you've achieved something you're really proud of and you want to replay it in your head. Or a special moment with a special somebody. Um, So I I remember, for example, oh, Nat's pointing out, Femi and Follow, yeah, exactly. Um, so, So some things we store because they're really special. Other things we treasure Because we know they're important. So at the start of this year, when we were going through the book of Joshua, do you remember that? It feels like a long time ago now. We spent quite a long time talking about the Bible, talking about treasuring up the words that are in here and storing them away in our hearts. Because they're important and they're going to do us good and they're going to help us flourish as we hold on to them. And we get shaped by them. So if you hear something really special and really important, we should treasure it up and store it away to ponder it. And that's where we're going this morning. Okay, but I've got something for you to store up safely, especially if you're under the age of 18. I hope we've got enough. Around the room, and I don't know where they are because Nat hid them, there are lots of these little tickets with coins coins on. So if you're under 18, you don't need to move anything. You don't need to leave the room. You don't need to touch the coffee. You don't need to go on the stage. But you've got one minute now, to jump up and see if you can find yourself a ticket with a coin on, okay? If you're under 18, go. Oh, yes, we've got some. We'll try and make sure we share them out so everyone gets one. If you've got several in your hands, maybe you could find someone else to give one to. So some of the smaller children. Well done, Ryan, that's great. Well done. Ava, do you want to go down? Just see if you can find anyone to give one to. I'm not sure Joshie and Daniel will fun- Any down there. Okay. And just while you're finding them, I'll tell you why you should treasure them, all right? Because it's just a piece of paper. But kids, if you treasure this, if you store it away somewhere safe, keep it safe till the end, I'll swap it for a real chocolate coin, okay? So you you make sure you put it somewhere really safe where you're not going to lose it. Store it away. Treasure it up. And as you do that, <laughs> Dave. okay, you can, there'll be chocolate coins for you today, don't worry. Let's, let's tell our story for today. So our story is about treasuring up. If you want to follow along, it's in the book of Luke, chapter two. Um, I'm going to tell it, I'm going to tell it story form. So it won't be quite the same words, but you can follow along if you like. Luke chapter two. And here we go. Are you ready? So Luke chapter 2. Back in those days, the ruler of the world, Emperor Octavian, he was called, or Caesar Augustus. He decided he wanted to count all the people in the whole Roman Empire. He was that important. Everywhere the Roman armies ruled... He was going to count every single person so he knew how many people he was in charge of. All the people he'd conquered. All the people he was emperor over. And now he couldn't rule the whole empire by himself. He needed some help and he had some governors. And Luke tells us that the governor in charge of the part of the world where the Jews lived was called Quirinius. And everyone went back to their own town to get registered. And so Joseph, a man called Joseph, went up from where he was living in the north of Israel, a small town called Nazareth in Galilee. And he walked 70 miles south. So I was looking on Google Maps this morning. If you walk 70 miles in a straight line from here, you could get to Oxford. If you walk another direction and you're able to walk on water, you could get to Calais in France. So it's a long way. He walked 70 miles south. In, yeah, in a town where he was from, the same town where King David was from hundreds of years ago. So it's a royal town. You know, we've got Bognor Regis and Lyme Regis. This is Bethlehem Regis. Because you know what? Joseph had links back to the royal family. Anyone in this room related to the, to the royal family, related to King Charles? Not that we know of. You might be, you never know. But if you trace Joseph's father's father's father's, great, 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 great grandfather back, he was descended from the ancient kings of Judah. So bad kings like Manasseh and Ahaz and great kings like Josiah and Solomon and the greatest king of all, King David, the giant slayer. But Joseph, he wasn't anyone that important. He was just a carpenter living in a backwater under the rule of a powerful Roman emperor. And that's why he had to go all the way from Nazareth, those 70 miles down to Bethlehem Regis, David's town, to register. And he took Mary with him too. And you know the story. They were engaged to be married, and she was pregnant, but the baby wasn't Joseph's. This baby didn't have a human father at all. And anyway, while they were staying in Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born. The time that God had promised generations and generations ago. It had finally arrived. The eternal king in the line of David. The Passover lamb for the greater Exodus. The blessing promised to Abraham. Right back to the serpent crushing seed that God promised Eve in the beginning. The time had come for the fulfilment of the whole of the Old Testament. All the promises and all the storylines coming to such a significant focus on this one child that the heavens couldn't hold it back and a star pops into existence to shine down on him because this is such a glorious moment. Mary gave birth to her firstborn son. And the house they were staying with, it was probably a house of one of their relatives, But it was so full that the main room was packed and the guest room was packed. And so they had to stay in the garage because houses those days, they had a main room with a little window through to like a garage area where the animals were kept. And it had a little window so you could you could push the food through and feed them without going outside and getting cold. And it was that garage room that Mary and Joseph were staying in. So the son of God and the hope of the nations was wrapped up in cloths and he was laid down in a feeding trough for animals. And now out on the hills around around Bethlehem and the hills outside, there were shepherds and they were living out there and they were keeping watch over their sheep all night. And in those days, you didn't trust shepherds. They were the dodgy characters who didn't have any um, fixed homes. So they wandered around and their job was looking after sheep But if you saw a gang of shepherds nearby, if you saw them moving in with their caravans, you'd you'd be locking your doors and hiding your jewelry because you don't trust a shepherd. And in fact, um, they they weren't even allowed to give evidence in court because that's how distrusted they were by the community. And so these shepherds are out on on the hills with their sheep and suddenly an angel of the Lord appears and the glory of the Lord shines around them. And they were terrified. And you would be terrified because we think angels are are cute, but really they're scary. They're God's warrior spirits. But this angel hadn't come to fight. Listen to what he says. He says, don't be afraid. I've got great news for you. This news is going to bring great joy for all people everywhere. Here it is. Are you ready? Today... In the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And the angel says, If you don't believe me, go and see. Here's what you're going to find there's a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly the dazzled shepherds get another shock because the whole sky gets filled with an army of angels, heaven's armies, magnificent and terrifying. And full of triumphant joy. And they're praising God. And they're saying these words. Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels leave them, the shepherds are looking at each other. And they're saying, look, God's told us this word. Let's go see it. Let's go down to Bethlehem. So they rush down the hill. And I I don't know how they found the house. Maybe they knocked on every door in Bethlehem. I'm not sure. But they end up finding Joseph and Mary and the baby, just like the angel had said, lying in a manger. What a night. So they told everyone everything the angel had told them and everyone they spoke to was amazed. And you would be, wouldn't you? If the people that you usually see living on the edge of town in their caravans... They come barging in and tell you they've seen an angel who's told them these amazing things. You'd be amazed. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And then at the end of our story today, Mary, even though she's exhausted, even though she'd just given birth in a garage, even though these shepherds had just barged in on her, She heard those words from God. And even though for her, the messenger wasn't the angel, the messenger was the smelly shepherd. She treasured up all those things. She didn't forget a single one. And she kept thinking about them. And she stored them away in her heart so she could keep on thinking about them. And the shepherds go home praising God. And eight days later, the boy was given the same name the angel gave him before he was conceived the name of Jesus. So that's our story. There's so much there, isn't there? I'm only going to say three things about it. What was it about this baby that got the armies of heaven so stirred up by him? Well, the angel told us three things about that child, and they're the three things we're going to talk about. He's Lord, he's the Messiah of David, he's the Savior. That's what I'd like us to treasure up in our hearts this Christmas. So let's spend a few minutes thinking about each one. First, Jesus is Lord. So Lord is a huge word in the Bible. It's the name for God. When the angel says that Jesus is Lord, it means the baby in the manger is the creator of the universe, the eternal God the holy and all-powerful ruler of the entire universe, the limitless one, the one who is perfect in all of his ways. So everything we love in our life, maybe tomorrow you're expecting a a great dinner and you can't wait because you're going to sit around the table and you're going to tuck in and it's going to be the best tasting thing you've eaten all year. And you're going to get the people you love most and you're going to see them all. And you're going to give gifts and see their faces light up with joy as you give them something special. The best things in our life at the moment are just a shadow of the goodness of God. Because God made all that. Everything good we see in the world, every sunset we see and we go, wow, that's beautiful. It's just a shadow of the beauty of the God who made it. Now, Moses knew that you can't look on the face of God and live. So Moses only saw his back. If you remember the story, when he passes by on the mountain, Moses only sees God's back. And when Elijah later on uh, knew God was going to come past him, he hides in a cave and he covers his head with a cloak because he knows that you can't look on God's face and live. The glory of the Lord is unlike anything else. Nothing compares. The glory of the Lord should make us afraid. He's holy. And yet the angel says, here he is. The same one who stood before Joshua at Jericho with his sword drawn. The commander of the army of the Lord. A helpless baby with his arms pinned to his sides by tight cloths. Lying in a manger and he can't move out of it. A newborn. Yet he's older than time itself. Filling the universe with his presence and yet contained in a tiny bundle of cloths. The perfect being of God and the flesh and bone of a baby. So here's the first thing we should store up in our hearts this Christmas. Jesus is Lord. He's God. Second, he's the Messiah of David. Now who wants to be a messiah? I'm gonna Messiah someone right now. Can I need a volunteer? I know it's a bit scary, you don't know what you, you what you sign up for. Who's 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 feeling brave? Who wants to be a messiah? Anybody. I'll, I'll tell you what it involves, okay? It involves a little cloth and a bottle of olive oil. Okay. Can I, I need a volunteer for this, or we're gonna be here all day. Ava? Yeah? Come on up, you can be our messiah. Well done. It'll be okay, I promise. Okay. So, but yeah, let's give her some encouragement. So Messiah is a funny word. We don't use it much these days unless you watch Bonty Python. Um, but what it means is it means anointed one. It means smeared. So, um, and what they used to do is they, you'd get some oil. And this is what they did for the kings back in back in the day. They would smear oil. Over their head, and that that meant you were anointed. You're set apart. You're God's special one. That's what Messiah means. And do you remember back in um, when King Charles got got crowned? They they put those um, sh- screens around him, didn't they? And they put some oil on his head. They're acting out the same thing that was going on there. So, Ava, are you feeling brave enough? Do you want, come on, let's get your daddy up instead. Come on, George, you can be our Messiah. All right. So you get your oil. Yes. And, you know, yeah, they'd tip the whole thing out, but it's, it's Christmas Eve and you've got a smart shirt on. So you get a little bit of oil and we'd anoint you as Messiah all over your head. And, and imagine the oil dripping down. This is what a Messiah is. It's an anointed one. There you go. Thanks, George. Well done. That's all, Thank you. And the Messiah of David is a special anointed one in the Bible. He's a huge hope. And we won't go into it now. If you do want to do some pondering this afternoon around what it means that Jesus is the Messiah, I'll suggest a few passages to dig into. Um, And if you can't write them down right now, they'll be on the recording. But if you want to dig into it, and, and there's loads there, have a look at 2 Samuel chapter 7. Have a look at 1 Kings chapter 8. Have a look at Psalm 89. Or have a look at Isaiah 9. You dig, dig in there and see what it says about David's Messiah, okay? But here's a summary. God promised King David that he would have an everlasting seed, an everlasting offspring, who would have an eternal kingdom and an eternal throne. His kingdom would never end, ever. And now this is a requirement for peace and stability. If we want peace and stability in the world, we've got to have an eternal king. We've got to have one perfect ruler. We look around us at the moment. We see what happens when there's multiple rulers. You don't get perfect peace. This promise was for perfect peace. One king forever. The ruler of the world. And this eternal king lives in perfect obedience to God in a father-son relationship. His whole life is lived out faithfulness. He's a king with no foibles. He's got no trace of corruption. He's pure in every way. And here we are in the manger, the Davidic Messiah, the anointed one promised to David, the rightful king. All Israel's hopes and promises boiled down into one boy lying in the manger. Now, do you think when the shepherds came, it might have felt a little bit underwhelming? You've been expecting this magnificent king figure and you get there and it's a newborn. And I know babies can be cute, but they're very rarely cute on the day they're newborn, are they? And as as you look down there in the manger, maybe they were underwhelmed. I don't know. And it, it's often that way, isn't it, sometimes in life? God tells us something truly awesome. And when we get down to it, it looks very commonplace. Very everyday. But things are not all as they seem. So your marriage... The care you have for your children, your care you have for church, and your prayers. Some things, the true beauty and splendor of them, we don't see now, but we will see them in the time to come. But here he is in the manger, God's eternal king. His kingdom is here. The king's on the scene. And that makes us ask a question, are you in or out of his kingdom? Because he made you to thrive in obedience to him. So are you living with him as your king? How much of your attention and your devotion does Jesus have? The king's on the scene. When you face him, because the Bible says he's coming back, when you face him, what will you have to say? Advent is about celebrating Jesus' birth and waiting for his return. So let me ask you, do you fear God? If the glory of the Lord shone around you suddenly and the armies of heaven became visible to your eyes right now here in Rochester, would you tremble? Can you stand before such a king? Lord, Messiah of David. There was one more word the angel used for Jesus. Do you remember what it was? Saviour. Now this is why he brings peace and this is why he brings joy. This is why God became man. A virgin conceived. This baby is a new kind of human. He's not like us. He's not stained by sin. He never sins. He bears our sin. He removes our sin. He redeems us. He takes us out of darkness and brings us into his perfect kingdom of light. And he does it willingly. You know, Jesus is the only person in history to choose to be conceived. He's the only one ever to choose the circumstances of his birth. And he chose a manger in a garage. He did it for you. The word took on flesh. Um, Who likes chili con carne? Yeah, I like to think of God as Jesus is God con carne, God with meat. Yeah, God with flesh. He took on flesh. He became one of us, just like us. God con carne. God became man to wash your sin away. To buy you back. To give you his perfect record. To give you a second chance to flourish by obeying him. And it wasn't just for Israel. It wasn't just for his people. Our passage says this is good news of great joy for all the peoples, and that includes us. The shepherds came to a manger in Bethlehem, and they looked down on the good shepherds, the one who would lay down his life for his sheep. So Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Messiah. And we don't have to fear. We can we can know his peace and joy because he is our saviour too. All right, kids, who's been treasuring up their coin? Come up. If you've treasured it, you can redeem it for a chocolate one. Right, has, every, has everyone claimed their prize? Tommy got what? There she goes. Where's Dave gone? Dave, this is grace, okay? There you go. All right well done you were treasuring up those tickets you were treasuring up those tickets and i want to ask us all adults as well what are you treasuring up in your heart this christmas what are you storing away up there what is so important and so special that you've 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 locked it away in your head so you can go back to it and back to it and back to it and it's going to give you life this passage gives us three things to ponder here's what mary locked away up in her heart Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one of David, the promised one, the king. Jesus is saviour of the whole world. So what's your response? We look through this passage where I'm really coming into land now. We've not got, not got long, okay? Last little bit of work for you to do. What's your response? Are you amazed? Everyone who heard the shepherds was amazed. and. Um, Through this passage, as you look on the face of the Lord, the newborn King of eternity, the Saviour of the world, are you amazed? Treasure it up in your heart. The more we ponder it, sometimes the more that amazement grows in us. So are you living to serve the King? If you're believing in Jesus, you were bought at a price. And we can, we can think, what will we say when we stand before him, when he returns? Are you living to serve the king, the newborn king? And finally, do you know the peace that the angels promised to the earth? That he said, peace to those on whom God's favor rests. This, this isn't an earned peace. This isn't a peace that if I'm good enough and I try hard enough, then I'll get God to like me enough that it will be okay. This is grace, this is free gift. This is all Jesus' goodness given to you for free this is This is the blessings of heaven coming to you for free. just by faith in this in this child. His favor rests on you. The message of the angels is for you. Jesus was born to rescue you. And I don't know maybe this morning you might have been expecting a more glamorous messenger okay I I I'm self-aware enough to know glamour is not one of my traits maybe you think that if this was true then god would make it clear with a better messenger maybe he'd send angels to you in your bedroom or something okay and maybe he will i don't know but mary treasured up this word from a smelly shepherd sometimes when God speaks the messenger isn't that glamorous but God has spoken so trust him trust him here's a question and an answer written 500 years ago and to finish off with this was written to be memorized and treasured up and pondered in our hearts and people have been saying it for the last 500 years listen to what it says What is your only comfort in life and in death? And here's the answer. That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has delivered me from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to Him, Christ, by His Holy Spirit, also assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for Him. That's something we could treasure up this Christmas, isn't it? Good news. That will cause great joy for all the peoples. Store it up. Treasure it. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Messiah of David. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Happy Christmas.